Chapter seventy seven of the Man in the Iron Mask by Alexandre Dumas, translated by William Robson. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. The Grotto. In spite of the sort of divination which was the remarkable side of the character of Aramis, the event, subject to the risks of things over which uncertainty presides, did not fall out exactly as the Bishop of Van had foreseen. Biscarat, better mounted than his companions, arrived first at the opening of the grotto, and comprehended that fox and hounds were one and all engulfed in it. Only, struck by that superstitious terror which every dark and subterraneous way naturally impresses upon the mind of man, he stopped at the outside of the grotto, and waited till his companions should have assembled round him. "'Well?' asked the young men, coming up out of breath, and unable to understand the meaning of this inaction. "'Well, I cannot hear the dogs. They and the fox must all be lost in this infernal cavern.' "'They were too close up,' said one of the guards, "'to have lost scent all at once. Besides, we should hear them from one side or another. They must, as Biscarat says, be in this grotto.' "'But then,' said one of the young men, "'why don't they give tongue?' "'It is strange,' muttered another. "'Well, but,' said a fourth, "'let us go into this grotto. "'Does it happen to be forbidden we should enter it?' "'No,' replied Biscarat. "'Only, as it looks as dark as a wolf's mouth, "'we might break our necks in it.' "'Witness the dogs.' said a guard, who seemed to have broken theirs. "'What the devil can have become of them?' asked the young men in chorus, and every master called his dog by his name, whistled to him in his favorite mode, without a single one replying to either call or whistle. "'It is perhaps an enchanted grotto,' said Biscarat. "'Let us see.' And jumping from his horse, he made a step into the grotto. "'Stop!' stop i will accompany you said one of the guards on seeing biscarat disappear in the shades of the cavern's mouth no replied biscarat there must be something extraordinary in the place don't let us risk ourselves all at once if in ten minutes you do not hear of me you can come in but not all at once be it so said the young man who besides did not imagine that biscarat ran much risk in the enterprise we will wait for you and without dismounting from their horses they formed a circle round the grotto biscarat entered then alone and advanced through the darkness till he came in contact with the muzzle of porthos's musket the resistance which his chest met with astonished him he naturally raised his hand and laid hold of the icy barrel at the same instant Eve lifted a knife against the young man, which was about to fall upon him with all force of a Breton's arm, when the iron wrist of Porthos stopped it halfway. Then, like low muttering thunder, his voice growled in the darkness, "'I will not have him killed!' Biscarat found himself between a protection and a threat, the one almost as terrible as the other. However brave the young man might be, he could not prevent a cry escaping him, which Aramis immediately suppressed by placing a handkerchief over his mouth. "'Monsieur de Biscarat,' said he in a low voice, 
we mean you no harm and you must know that if you have recognized us but at the first word the first groan the first whisper we shall be forced to kill you as we have killed your dogs yes i recognize you gentlemen said the officer in a low voice but why are you here what are you doing here unfortunate men i thought you were in the fort and you monsieur you were to obtain conditions for us i think i did all i was able messieurs but but what but there are positive orders to kill us biscarat made no reply it would have cost him too much to speak of the cord to gentlemen aramis understood the silence of the prisoner monsieur biscarat said he you would be already dead if we had not regard for your youth and our ancient association with your father but you may yet escape from the place by swearing that you will not tell your companions what you have seen i will not only swear that i will not speak of it said biscarat but i still further swear that i will do everything in the world to prevent my companions from setting foot in the grotto biscarat biscarat cried several voices from the outside coming like a whirlwind into the cave reply said aramis here i am cried biscarat now be gone we depend on your loyalty and he left his hold of the young man who hastily returned toward the light biscarat biscarat cried the voices still nearer and the shadows of several human forms projected into the interior of the grotto biscarat rushed to meet his friends in order to stop them and met them just as they were adventuring into the cave aramis and porthos listened with the intense attention of men whose life depends upon a breath of air oho exclaimed one of the guards as he came to the light how pale you are pale cried another you ought to say corpse color i said the young man endeavoring to collect his faculties in the name of heaven what has happened exclaimed all the voices you have not a drop of blood in your veins my poor friend said one of them laughing monsieur it is serious said another he is going to faint does any one of you happen to have any salts and they all laughed this hail of jests fell round biscarat's ears like musket balls in a melee he recovered himself amidst the deluge of interrogations what do you suppose i have seen asked he i was too hot when i entered the grotto and i have been struck with a chill that is all but the dogs the dogs have you seen them again did you see anything of them do you know anything about them i suppose they have got out some other way messieurs said one of the young men there is in that which is going on in the paleness and silence of our friend a mystery which biscarat will not or cannot reveal only and this is certain biscarat has seen something in the grotto well for my part i am very curious to see what it is even if it is the devil 
to the grotto messieurs to the grotto to the grotto repeated all the voices and the echo of the cavern carried like a menace to porthos and aramis to the grotto to the grotto biscarat threw himself before his companions messieurs messieurs cried he in the name of heaven do not go in why what is there so terrific in the cavern asked several at once come speak biscarat decidedly it is the devil he has seen repeated he who had before advanced that hypothesis well said another if he has seen him he need not be selfish he may as well let us have a look at him in turn messieurs messieurs i beseech you urged biscarat nonsense let us pass messieurs i implore you not to enter why you went in yourself then one of the officers who of a riper age than the others had till this time remained behind and had said nothing advanced messieurs said he with a calmness which contrasted with the animation of the young men there is in there some person or something that is not the devil but which whatever it may be has had sufficient power to silence our dogs we must discover who this someone is or what this something is biscarat made a last effort to stop his friends but it was useless in vain he threw himself before the rashest in vain he clung to the rocks to bar the passage the crowd of young men rushed into the cave in the steps of the officer who had spoken last but who had sprung in first sword in hand to face the unknown danger biscarat repulsed by his friends unable to accompany them without passing in the eyes of porthos and aramis for a traitor and a perjurer with painfully attentive ear and unconsciously supplicating hands leaned against the rough side of a rock which he thought must be exposed to the fire of the musketeers as to the guards they penetrated further and further with exclamations that grew fainter as they advanced all at once a discharge of musketry growling like thunder exploded in the entrails of the vault two or three balls were flattened against the rock on which biscarat was leaning at the same instant cries shrieks imprecations burst forth and the little troop of gentlemen reappeared some pale some bleeding all enveloped in a cloud of smoke which the outer air seemed to suck from the depths of the cavern biscarat biscarat cried the fugitives you knew there was an ambuscade in that cavern and you did not warn us biscarat you are the cause that four of us are murdered men woe be to you biscarat you are the cause of my being wounded unto death said one of the young men letting a gush of scarlet life-blood vomit in his palm and spattering it into biscarat's livid face my blood be on your head and he rolled in agony at the feet of the young man but at least tell us who is there cried several furious voices biscarat remained silent tell us or die cried the wounded man raising himself upon one knee and lifting towards his companion an arm bearing a useless sword 
Biscarat rushed towards him, opening his breast for the blow, but the wounded man fell back not to rise again, uttering a groan which was his last. Biscarat, with hair on end, haggard eyes, and bewildered head, advanced toward the interior of the cavern, saying, "'You are right. Death to me, who have allowed my comrades to be assassinated. I am a worthless wretch.' and throwing away his sword, for he wished to die without defending himself, he rushed head foremost into the cavern. The others followed him. The eleven who remained out of sixteen imitated his example, but they did not go further than the first. A second discharge laid five upon the icy sand, and as it was impossible to see whence this murderous thunder issued, the others fell back with a terror that can be better imagined than described. But far from flying as the others had done, Biscarat remained safe and sound, seated on a fragment of rock and waited. There were only six gentlemen left. "'Seriously,' said one of the survivors, "'is it the devil?' "'Ma foi, it is much worse,' said another. "'Ask Biscarat, he knows.' "'Where is Biscarat?' The young men looked round them and saw that Biscarat did not answer. "'He is dead,' said two or three voices. "'Oh, no,' replied another. "'I saw him through the smoke, sitting quietly on a rock. He is in the cavern. He is waiting for us.' "'He must know who are there.' "'And how should he know them?' "'He was taken prisoner by the rebels.' "'That is true.' "'Well, let us call him, and learn from him whom we have to deal with.' And all voices shouted, "'Biscarat! Biscarat!' But Biscarat did not answer. "'Good,' said the officer who had shown so much coolness in the affair. "'We have no longer any need of him. Here are reinforcements coming.' In fact, a company of guards— left in the rear by their officers, whom the ardor of the chase had carried away, from seventy-five to eighty men, arrived in good order, led by their captain and the first lieutenant. The five officers hastened to meet their soldiers, and in language the eloquence of which may be easily imagined, they related the adventure and asked for aid. The captain interrupted them. "'Where are your companions?' demanded he. "'Dead!' "'But there were sixteen of you.' Ten are dead. Biscarat is in the cavern, and we are five. "'Biscarat is a prisoner?' "'Probably.' "'No, for here he is. Look!' In fact, Biscarat appeared at the opening of the grotto. "'He is making a sign to come on,' said the officer. "'Come on!' "'Come on!' cried all the troop, and they advanced to meet Biscarat. "'Monsieur,' said the captain, addressing Biscarat, "'I am assured that you know who the men are in that grotto, "'and who make such a desperate defense. "'In the king's name, I command you to declare what you know.' "'Captain,' said Biscarat, "'you have no need to command me. "'My word has been restored to me this very instant, "'and I came in the name of these men.' "'To tell me who they are?' to tell you that they are determined to defend themselves to the death unless you grant them satisfactory terms how many are there of them then 
there are two said biscarat there are two and one to impose conditions upon us there are two and they have already killed ten of our men what sort of people are they giants worse than that do you remember the history of the bastion st gervais captain yes where four musketeers held out against an army well these are two of those same musketeers and their names at that period they were called porthos and aramis now they are styled monsieur d'herblay and monsieur de Bellon. and what interest have they in all this it is they who were holding belle-isle for monsieur fouquet a murmur ran through the ranks of the soldiers on hearing the two words porthos and aramis the musketeers the musketeers repeated they and among all these brave men the idea that they were going to have a struggle against two of the oldest glories of the french army made a shiver half enthusiasm two-thirds terror run through them in fact those four names d'artagnan athos porthos and aramis were venerated among all who wore a sword as in antiquity the names of hercules theseus castor and pollux were venerated two men and they have killed ten in two discharges it is impossible monsieur biscarat hey captain replied the latter i do not tell you that they have not with them two or three men as the musketeers of the bastion st gervais had two or three lackeys but believe me captain i have seen these men i have been taken prisoner by them i know they themselves alone are all sufficient to destroy an army that we shall see said the captain and that in a moment too gentlemen attention at this reply no one stirred and all prepared to obey biscarat alone risked a last attempt monsieur said he in a low voice be persuaded by me let us pass on our way those two men those two lions you are going to attack will defend themselves to the death they have already killed ten of our men they will kill double the number and end by killing themselves rather than surrender what shall we gain by fighting them we shall gain the consciousness monsieur of not having allowed eighty of the king's guards to retire before two rebels if i listen to your advice monsieur i should be a dishonored man and by dishonoring myself i should dishonor the army forward my men and he marched first as far as the opening of the grotto there he halted the object of this halt was to give biscarat and his companions time to describe to him the interior of the grotto then when he believed he had a sufficient acquaintance with the place he divided his company into three bodies which were to enter successively keeping up a sustained fire in all directions no doubt in this attack they would lose five more perhaps ten but certainly they must end by taking the rebels since there was no issue and at any rate two men could not kill eighty captain said biscarat i beg to be allowed to march at the head of the first platoon so be it 
replied the captain. "'You have all the honor. I make you a present of it.' "'Thanks,' replied the young man with all the firmness of his race. "'Take your sword, then.' "'I shall go as I am, captain,' said Biscarat. "'For I do not go to kill. I go to be killed.' and placing himself at the head of the first platoon with head uncovered and arms crossed. "'March, gentlemen,' said he. End of chapter 77 Recording by John Van Stan, Savannah, Georgia